This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So I want you to turn to your neighbor real quick and say, I am here for you. Go ahead and do that. Amen. You believe that? I am here for you. We're here to encourage one another and build each other up. But then there is a third-fold mission. And I believe that third-fold mission is to make disciples of all nations. Amen. So there is a three-fold mission and purpose for the church, and we've got to make sure that we're hitting on all three of these. Because if one is missing... We're not living as the church that God wants us to be. Amen. So, but, but here's what I think. Sadly, and I could be wrong, and you may disagree with me, but sadly, when we think of the church today, what do we think of? We think of Sunday, don't we? And we used to think of Wednesday evening Bible class, but that's starting to change now, isn't it? But when we think of the church, that's what we think of Sunday when we come together and worship and maybe even Wednesday night. But the real question that I have for you this morning is, is what does the church look like Monday through Saturday? Another way to put it is, how does the body of Christ function outside of the sanctuary? You see, church on Sunday is great. I, I, I love worship on Sunday, but what I really get excited about is the church on Monday. Amen. The body of Christ at work outside of these four walls. And that's an exciting thing to think about. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up with me to John chapter 1 and verse number 14. John chapter 1 and verse Number 14, I want to tell you a little bit about the Apostle John, if you did not know. The Apostle John was said to be the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he had a very special relationship with Jesus. And you can tell by his writings, right? So the Gospel of John is a very different gospel than the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And John Interestingly enough, in his gospels share or his gospel shares the importance of Jesus showing up in the flesh and living among the people, or in other words, living incarnationally. And this is what he said. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And what I love is John here spelling out the significance and the importance of Jesus dwelling in the lives of lost people. It was powerful. Dwelling among and in the lives of lost people is vitally important to the mission of the church. And if we want others to experience the glory of God in their lives, we have to dwell in and among them. So the question that I want to pose to you today and spend some time answering is this. How does the church become more incarnational? How does the church at Mission Viejo become more incarnational? How do we dwell in the lives of people? The first point is this, and this slide, I think, illustrates a, a, a point that Jesus was trying to make. 
We've got to work in the harvest field. And I really love this picture. I'm a boy, or I'm a man now, I say boy. I'm a man now, I'm a man, uh, that as a boy grew up in southeast Georgia. And I remember taking long drives out to the countryside, as we used to call it, and all we would pass was cotton fields. And usually these cotton fields were empty, and a lot of times they were empty is because it was just so hot. It could be 90 degrees in southeast Georgia, but feel like 125, amen, if you're from the south, right? But every once in a while, you would catch some people working in the cotton fields, harvesting the product. And if you did not know, harvesting crop is a very difficult, time-consuming, and back-breaking work. And today, you know that we are so far removed from what takes place on a farm during harvest time, right? We complain if we got to go to the grocery store and get the milk, right? Could you imagine having to do this? So we're so far removed in so much now that we have these big pieces of equipment and we hire out migrant workers to work during the harvest time. Harvesting is very hard. It's a favorite time of year for the Darden family because we go to this place, and maybe you've been there, called Tanaka Farms. Am I saying it right? Tanaka Farms. It's up in Irvine, right? And we love going to Tanaka Farms because you go out there and you get to pick your pumpkin, and then you also get to pick some veggies, right? And you go out there and you look at these fields, and these fields are vast. And the farmers there, they help families out because they till the ground and they loosen up the vegetables for you so that when you go down, you can still pick out the carrots and the, what else do we get, scallions? And what's the other thing? I can't remember. Corn, yeah, that's right. No, not corn, something else. Anyway, but we would go there. And the ground was already tilled, and you have to get down, and it's still hard getting those veggies out of the ground. Maybe it's because I don't like vegetables, but it's hard. And that's after everything being tilled, right? And we're out there sweating, and I can just imagine how difficult it could be for people working in the harvest field, harvesting crops. But it's an exciting time, right? The gospel is the life-changing power of God working in the lives of people today. And did you not know that there are a whole bunch of people around us today who would come to obey Jesus Christ if we just got busy loving on them and working in the harvest fields? But that's hard to do, and it takes time. And it's backbreaking work. And that's why Jesus helps us with this imagery in this passage, Luke chapter 10 and verse number 2. He makes this connection, and the people in this time period really understood this. He said, he told them, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus is communicating this message. Look, there are people all around us that want to know Jesus Christ, that need to know Jesus Christ, but oftentimes the workers are few, and the workers are few because it's hard and it's time-consuming work. But if we want to be a church that's really incarnational, we've got to be in the harvest field doing the hard work. What else? In order to become more incarnational, we must provide the answers to the world's problems. And maybe it's just me, but I believe that we have the answers to all the world's problems. 
And I think we have the answers because when I read this Bible, it tells me the answers, amen? And I think the world is starving for answers. And we have the answers right here. And this is why I believe that social justice ministries, benevolence, and serving the marginalized is so important to the work of the church. Jesus was busy giving hope to people that felt their lives was hopeless, were hopeless. And, and you remember uh, the interaction that Jesus had in Scripture. Uh, there was a guy that said, Jesus, when did we see you poor or hungry or without clothing? And Jesus said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And guess what? There are people all around us that are hurting, that need the love of Jesus in their lives. And I tell you what, that's why I'm so excited about Comfort Cafe. Comfort Cafe is a wonderful ministry. Look at this picture here. I love this. Now, as a preacher, I struggle a little bit because oftentimes what I say in my head is we're serving these people, but a lot of times we don't see these people being added to our church. But Jesus, in his ministry, and his ideas, and his communications to us says, you serve anyway. All you do is plant the seed. It's up to me, right? So what we have is we have this wonderful ministry called Comfort Cafe where the marginalized of our community come, and we have some dedicated, faithful servants here that serve the marginalized in our community. And I guarantee you every Thursday night when Comfort Cafe meets, the Lord is just smiling because he's got some servants here dedicated to that ministry. It's a wonderful ministry. If you hadn't been a part of it, I would encourage you to do so. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of the glory. Church, do you believe you have the answers to the world's problems? I believe we have the answers to the world's problems, and we've got to make sure we communicate those answers to the marginalized of our community. And guess what, church? I'm going to be quite frank and transparent. I think here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, we could probably do a better job with that. Amen? Would you agree? We've got to get busy because people need the gospel, and we're able to communicate it. What else? How else do we live incarnationally? Well, this sermon is entitled The Monday Church. We've got to be the church outside of Sunday and Wednesday. God, what I love so much uh, about our church, what I, which I think is a blessing and also uh, difficulty at times, is that all of us are spread out all over the place. We have people driving from Irvine. Ed Bush is driving all the way down from Wilmington to come down here. We have people in, in the south region to the east of us, and we're all in different locations. And on one side of, uh, of the coin, you can say that's kind of a bad thing because we're not as connected as we should be. Or the other side is you can say that's a really good thing because God has placed us in different locations and given us our own circles of influence so that we can share the gospel with the people that we're involved with. Many of you, and I love it so much because I get to hear stories, are constantly sharing God's love with your coworkers, and that's why you're at the job that you're at. You're constantly sharing the gospel with your neighbors and your friends and even strangers. And I want to encourage you, church, to keep up the good work. Keep spreading the seed because you don't know what might happen. Is Kathy here this morning? I don't, 
I don't see Kathy this morning, but you all know Kathy, who we recently baptized. You know why she's a member of our church today? Because Ed Bush was her co-worker, and they were at a work fair, and he went up and talked to her and said, hey, Kathy, have you been a part of the church? Do you know Jesus? Why don't you come and worship with me one time? And Kathy came here. She heard the gospel. She heard the good news, and she was added to Christ, and it all happened because our brother was committed to sharing the gospel Monday through Saturday. And if we do that, church, amazing, profound things can happen. So I want to leave you with some practical ideas on, on how you personally can do this. How do I personally become more incarnational? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says this, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. So the question is, how do we show forth the fullness of Christ in our lives? How do we do that? Is it just on Sunday? Is it just on Wednesday? Of course not. It's got to be every day of the week. So how do we do this? Well, I'm going to give you some practical ways on how to become more incarnational. The first is this. Serve a marginalized population, church. I want you to just think about that. What marginalized population are you personally serving? Now, for many of us, we could probably say, well, I don't have, I haven't been doing, or some of you can say, I've been really active. Whatever the case is, Jesus was all about serving the marginalized. What I love this morning is that some of our members are not here because they're down where? At the city of children in Mexico. God has placed on their heart to serve a marginalized population in Mexico. So they got on that bus, what was it, yesterday? Took a box of shoes with them and drove, what is it, about four hours to go down there. They're going to spend the night and serve the orphans in that region. God is pleased with that. So I would encourage you, church, to think through who you are going to serve. What marginalized population are you going to serve? Maybe it's the orphans. Maybe we need a ministry for widows. Maybe we need a ministry for the poor or for those that are falling back in school. Maybe it's for the youth without parents uh, uh, in their lives as mentors. Maybe there's some after-school mentoring program that needs to place, take place. God, God has given you opportunity to figure out ways to serve the marginalized community. And if we really want to be the fullness of Jesus Christ, we have to really figure this thing out. And I would encourage everyone here this morning to pick a marginalized population because they're all over the place and there is no excuse if we don't. Secondarily, point number two, I would encourage you in order to become more incarnational to give up one Friday evening or Saturday a month. Ah, I get it. I totally get it, right? Because if you're like Mary and I, uh, we're at work and both parents nowadays in the family usually work, right? So you go to work on Monday morning, you're at work from nine to five, you do that Tuesday through Friday. What are you supposed to do on Saturday? Do the laundry and the chores, right? So when you come to church on Sunday, all you want to do is just sit and worship. Don't bother me about teaching a class. Don't try. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. It's hard. That's the culture that we live in. But I would really encourage you to take one Friday night or Saturday a month and dedicate that to service and see what that does for your own faith development and for the church here locally. It's powerful. I do want to say this. I heard it said that cold turkey is for sandwiches, right? Cold turkey is for sandwiches. And what I mean by that is sometimes we get these grandiose ideas on how we're going to do 180s, right? 
So right now, maybe some of you are thinking, I could do this right now, today, starting tomorrow. I'm going to do that, all right? I would encourage you to take baby steps. That's, you ever try to get in shape, and you go to the gym, and you still think you're 21 years old, and you get on the treadmill and pull your, pull your calf muscle, right? It takes baby steps. So if we're going to be a church that is all about serving the marginalized community, showing the fullness of Christ, it takes baby steps. And I would encourage you again, one week in a month for some kind of service, church. And then lastly this, before I step down, you've got to share your story and invite others to participate. And I'm really preaching to myself this morning. I, I am busy doing a lot of mission work that people don't know about because I just don't share it. I don't. I just do. I'm a doer, if you know me. I just go and do, and I don't talk about it. I may throw some pictures up on Facebook, but I don't really invite others to participate, and I don't share the story. I've got to change that. I've got a really cool story to tell you. Uh, I wish Venus was in the auditorium this morning. She's probably out serving again. Uh, we have connect groups at our church, right? Uh, so one of the things that we're supposed to do with our connect groups is invite each other to be involved with some kind of meeting. So I organized a meetup at uh, my recording studio in Anaheim, and I invited our Music Connect group to the meetup. And what I told the members of our church is if you come to this Connect group meetup at our studio, number one, don't bring the babies, right? Uh, because you might hear some language that is not congruent with the, uh, the Christian mission. Um, make sure you bring some Febreze, because it might smell like skunk, amen? Some of you guys know where I'm going. But if you come to this place, know that it's a mission field and it's a ministry. And you're going to have the opportunity to share your light with people that are not Christian. I said to myself, no church members are coming. First person that showed up early was Venus. And I said, uh-oh, it's the elder's wife at this event. This is not good, right? <laughs> the second person that showed up was Ed Bush. I said, oh, we're in trouble now, right? Because Ed's going to tell. <laughs> So we have this meeting, and there's about 15, 20 people there. We had characters come in that smelled like marijuana, that were drunk, that came into our studio. And I got to say to them, this is a Christian ministry. We're Christian-based, and we're happy that you're here. Uh, and then I just got to tell you this story. We, we had some, some rappers there, and they had some choice language in their lyrics. So we had a session where we all sat around in a circle, and Venus was right in the middle of it. And they started rapping, right? And one started talking about the devil. And one was talking about misogyny. One was talking about smoking marijuana. And Venus is there the whole time, right? And then I start rapping and I start talking about Jesus. And then what happened in the midst of the conversation, the rap battle, is that the guy that was talking about the devil all of a sudden started talking about Jesus. And he said, John 3:16 in this verse, and how we all need to repent. And I said, oh, man, this is this is interesting. And then it went back to misogyny, right? And the whole time I'm looking at Venus like, what is she going to say? What is she going to do? And I said, Venus, what do you think? She said, well, obviously this is a stress reliever for people here at the studio. And I, I thought that was so powerful. But she was in our midst. And guess what we got to do? We got to share our lights, shine our lights in the midst of people that don't necessarily think or believe like we do that weren't Christians. And we must have passed out 15, 20 cards to our church and Six or seven other people there said, we're coming to church. Give us about a week or so. And I thought that was so, so exciting. So you know what we need to do, church? We need to celebrate and share our victories and invite other people to participate 
And I know there are many of you that are doing wonderful ministries. Let us know so that we can celebrate and share them. And that's what it means to dwell and be incarnational in the lives of people. And that's what it means to be a Monday church. And as I said this morning, church, as I look around, I know many of you are involved. Invite the church along with you so that we can come alongside and bless and support. So by way of invitation and closing, this is really a, a, a sermon for me that I'm sharing with you. I'm really preaching to myself this morning. And I hope that many of you can say, hey, I need to make some improvements of my life and to make some changes And we're going to give you the opportunity to do that. If you want to come forward this morning and ask the church to pray with you or pray for you, uh, if you're ready to put the Lord on in baptism, we can do that as well. But what I want to do before we have Skeeter come up is I want to say a prayer. I want to say a prayer for our church as we uh, strive really hard to become more incarnational and be the Monday church that God wants us to be. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this gathering this Sunday morning where we come together to encourage one another to honor you and to spur and to encourage one another for, for good and to share the gospel message with others. Father, we admit at times that we just go along with the status quo and we make Sunday just a routine and a ritual where we come and, and we leave. And Lord, I pray that you help us, those of us that might be struggling in, in this area, help us to become the church Monday through Saturday. Give us opportunities to share the gospel in our social circles with our groups and give us the opportunity to share these stories, invite other church members to participate. And I pray right now specifically for those of our number here that are working really hard to dwell in the lives of the people that you have them involved with. Give them the spirit of courage. Help them to stay the course. Keep up the good work, Lord. And we know that the harvest is plentiful. And we pray, Lord, that you would send people our way that need to hear the life-changing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to be the church that you want us to be. We love you. We thank you. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen.